Hey, Kaden. Yes, mommy. It's time for the She's About Business show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's your host, Aethia Garns, the Impact Coach, and I feel like singing. <laughs> okay, you guys know that you never know what you're going to get with me, and guess what? Neither do I, and I hope you love it because I do. <laughs> so, with that awkward moment being done, as you guys know, This is season three of the show, and it has been dedicated to highlighting savvy moguls who are making moves. This episode is episode 10 of season three of the award-winning She's About Business show, aka The Sab Show, giving all honor to God for all of his amazing blessings and to my Savior, Jesus Christ, for being who he is in my life and, of course, to all of you, my fabulous sisters and fabulous fellas for tuning in and for supporting the show on all of the various platforms. And don't forget to go to she'saboutbusiness.com or diethiagarns.com because I have some exciting things coming up in the next few weeks. So definitely be on the lookout for those things. And I'm telling you, When you begin to expand your circle, when you begin to expand your network to boss chicks like my guest today, you just can't help but to be excited about the things that you're doing because when you play with bosses, you can't help but make boss moves. Now, my guest today is Kat Stancic, aka the lead boss, okay? Kat is the business coach who other coaches and consultants actually go to when they want to make more money fast. And thanks to Kat and her Revenue Accelerator program, those who are serious about generating more money can do so in just 90 days. Kat is definitely a savvy mogul who is making moves that you want to learn from if you want to build a business that you love and that makes the money that you need. Please help me welcome Kat to the show. Hey, hey, welcome to the She's About Business show. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Thank you. So I've already read your bio. So the people listening know a little bit about you. But I want to get a little bit deeper to the core of why you do what you do. And who is it that you feel like you serve? Mm. Um, so I'll just jump right in. So I'm here to basically help parent entrepreneurs. So got kids at home, left the house, or basically really strapped for time, uh, make more money faster. So you can do the work that you love at, without costing you your family or your marriage or 
those really uh, special spa dates <laughs> that you need to get. Um, so I really want to help people do more of the work that they love and not stress so much about the sales and the marketing and all the stuff, right, that you have to learn and be good at. And I'm not asking you to master it. I'm just asking you to be good at it. Um, and you can do that a lot faster than you think by focusing on the right money generating activities in your business. So I work, like I said, with parent entrepreneurs, uh, but it's really about people who want to make more impact and more income and have some influence um, so that they can really live their legacy and not just leave one behind. Oh, that's awesome. That's beautiful. Thanks. Ooh, yay. That's great. <laughs> okay. So that's the first question. So question number two, it's been said that over 90% of people have some kind of entrepreneurial dream or idea, but only about 14% take the leap and take a chance. How did you become who you are today as an entrepreneur? And how did you get this far? And were you always confident that you would actually succeed? And what made you actually take the leap and not just be one of the ones who just thought about it? Mm -hmm. um, so I'll take like the middle part first, which okay. is I always knew I was meant for something bigger. It is the only idea, the only concept that stayed with me through all the struggles that I've been through. Um, and, you know, as women, we've all <laughs> have faced one thing, two things, many things that have put us down, set us, you know, set us apart or, you know, ask, be it triggers of not enough or being too much, whatever it is, as women, we've for the most part have experienced it. And the thing is, is, is what do you do with that? Do you take that experience and do you allow it to empower you or do you allow it to take over? Right. And for me, it was, I knew that I had to do something more than the hand that I was dealt. And, you know, well, I was born in the United States, so I was dealt a pretty decent hand, as anybody who's born in this country is dealt, right. um, given the opportunities and things like that. But what was I going to do with it? And that, I think, was my motivator, was I knew that there was something more for me. So, you know, set on my path, I did everything that I was told I was supposed to do in order to be extremely happy. Mm -hmm. I went and got my college degree. I got my MBA. I got the big corporate paying consulting gig. And once I checked all the boxes, I looked around and was like, yeah, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this is not my idea of happy. I was working right. all the time and, you know, basically was seeing, you know, the higher that I would go up in the corporate ladder, the, high, the more divorces were happening, the more I heard women complaining about not spending time with their kids. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is not what I want more of. So that's when I decided that I had to, to basically figure out what I wanted to do. And all this time, I thought that that's what I was doing, and it wasn't. So I literally Googled what's my passion, and it doesn't return a really good search result. <laughs> so apparently Google can't answer everything, but that set me on my path of starting to take control of my life instead of letting other people dictate what happiness should look like. Mm. Um, you know, you've got to really identify what is it that will make you happy versus what makes someone else happy because so it happens a lot of times. Our parents, our friends, other people have their own experiences and they know what happy is for them and they kind of lay that on you and you start, you know, of course, you know, having parents, you, you follow that path and at a certain point, you've really got to question, what is it that I want to do? versus what other people think I should do. Yeah. And that's where my first investment started coming in when I hired a coach and then made my next investment when I decided to become a coach. 
and then more investments as I learned how to grow my business. And this is someone with an MBA, like a, from a pretty prestigious university, um, you know, one of the top ones in, in the world. And I still didn't know necessarily how to run a business. Now, I could run a corporate business, but I couldn't run my own business. Mm. So over time, you know, got better and better at it and realized that marrying up this kind of consulting mindset that I have of let's get this done the fastest way possible, with the least amount of money, <laughs> um, and, you know, create impact, right? Because that's not what I was doing in the corporate job and marrying the coaching component of less, you know, let's do this together. Let's figure this out really gave me this powerful capability to stand apart in the industry and really be this kind of coach consultant hybrid where I can tell my clients what to do when they need to be told what to do, but I can also get them into a place where they're feeling empowered and confident about what they do so that they can communicate it more effectively and get more people saying yes. Mm, I love that. So how did you know that you would succeed at that though? Like when did you... You just got to have that unwavering faith. Oh, I've had my sobbing on the floor moments, the I want to throw my computer out the window, the I'm going to give up, right? And sometimes what it takes is having the people in your corner who believe in you more than you sometimes believe in yourself. Definitely. You need a network of people, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And you've got to know deep down inside there's a reason. You've got to connect to that why, you know, Simon Sinek and all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, it's in you. You've got to know that just the sheer fact that you desire to succeed means that that is something that is possible for you. Right. Because the truth is not everybody really does. Mm, No, it's because they lose faith. Just like in anything you do, whether you lose faith in yourself or lose faith in someone else. Right. Yeah. So long as you have that desire, then you will figure out a way. But the people who don't succeed are the people who lose the desire. They lose that flame. They, they lose that passion. They get disconnected. They get, you know, uh, disengaged even. And right. you see it all, you even see it with people who are, you know, who are successful. They will sabotage themselves and they will put themselves in situations that will cause them to lose their reputation or, or to, to fail even. And they won't pick themselves back up. Yeah. And I remember talking to one of my clients and, you know, I told her, I said, you're not even trying to be successful. You're just Mm. trying to survive. Mm. You know, sometimes people get into survival mode Mm -hmm. and that's so much different than actually trying to be successful Mm. or trying to live your best life Mm. and trying to just live a life. Mm. Right. And that all comes around if you look at who is in your circle, right? Who are the people that are around you? Are the people around you just surviving? Are the people around you just getting by? Or are you surrounding yourself with people who are doing more? And it is a hard thing to do. I'm an overachiever. I'm sure there are a ton of people listening who are overachievers. I mean, that's just kind of a characteristic of an entrepreneur is to be an overachiever, right? They want to do more with less. Um, And if you're always in a place where you're the smartest person in the room, where you're mm-hmm. the most successful person in the room, what will happen is, is that you have reached your capacity. Yeah. And if you want to do more, then you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. And for me, that's joining masterminds where people are way out of my league and I'm feeling like the little girl in the room again, which is not a fun feeling. <laughs> um, but here's the benefit is as I grow, I can help my clients grow even more. Right. And I can help more people. And the way I the way I say it to like some of the 
the younger people that I that I coach and mentor mm. to put it in terms that they can understand. I say you cannot always be the Beyonce of the group, <laughs> right? Beyonce's in you, Sasha's in you. It's all there, but you can't always be front and center. You cannot because if you are, then something's wrong, right? Yeah, that's good. Yay, this is so fun. <laughs> and and that's hard, right? Especially when people have overcome, where you're just like, all right, I'm done fighting. I'm done struggling. And the thing is, is that there's a difference when someone makes you struggle versus when you're choosing to be in a place where you are experiencing and growing. And it's not a struggle. It's just a challenge. It's, can I be an even better version of myself? Right. And that's the evolutionary process. That's the, how do I start from where I was, was just because I knew that I could be better and I can always be better. I can always find a situation that's going to trigger me and make me realize that there is some other part of me that I still want to work on because always. if I achieve the summit, right, what is there to do? You're just going to, you're going to sit there and be, you know, what would they say? Rest on your laurels. That's not what I want to do. And that's what I love about this particular season of the show is having conversations like this. Mm. And I know, you know, people probably laugh at me when I say stuff like, you know, yay, this is fun. But I really mean that because having conversations with women like you and the other amazing women that have been on the show this season and men too. The last person that I had um, last week was actually a guy for the very first time. Yeah, I know, right? I love it. Yeah, you know, it's it's been amazing because that is what this is all about. Like getting, you know, in an environment where you can have conversations with other, you know, savvy moguls and, mm-hmm. and actually, you know, having these masterful conversations, like you said, joining master mastermind groups and actually talking to people who are on the same level and you can have conversations and get inside their heads and see where you can grow. Well, you're hitting on something really important that I really want to underline, which is the power of a conversation. So much is happening now to take that away because, well, people get intimidated to talk to other people. We get triggered by the, I'm not enough. I don't know if I can, you know, close this client. I don't know if I can, whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. And you know, they either feel like they're putting on or being put upon or whatever it is. And so technology has come in and, you know, being able to like, you know, they talk keyboard confidence and, and hiding behind your computer. But at the end of the day, business is done through conversation. People buy from people. And so they need to see you. They need to interact with you in some capacity. And that includes conversation, especially for high ticket sales. So... The art of the conversation is something that needs to continue to be developed. And so hiding behind your computer is not going to be the thing that's going to allow you to succeed in life because at some point you are going to have to be human (laughs) and interact with someone else and, you know, take a shower and get dressed and do these things. No matter what they tell you, you have to know how to talk. Hey, I'm sitting here. I'm not going to lie. I'm in my pajamas still. (laughs) Very true. But I've got other things going on later. And yeah, I'm going to get dressed properly. Um, And you can still represent yourself and your style. But at the end of the day, it takes you being in front of people and being vulnerable and being in that place of, are they going to judge me? Are they going to make fun of me? Are they going to accept me? And pushing past that and realizing it's not about you. 
It's about what you can do for other people. And that's what happens through conversation is people start seeing how you can help them. Not when you're trying to sell them, but when you're just being your amazing self, when you're passionate and you're communicating your passion, all of that does the trick, the magic that you need for it. That's amazing. And and we're at a great time where we can be in two different states, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But we can still have this amazing conversation with each other and we don't have to do it via text message. So, yeah, you know, technology allows us to do that. And so we need to take advantage of that. So that's a great, amazing point. Absolutely. So Kat, we had a great point in the interview because I get to pull (laughs) out of my little hat here. Yay! All right. So let's see what we get. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So this is actually a really great question that I'm actually really, really glad that I got for you because I was going to take this out, but I'm glad that I didn't. (laughs) I'm so honored that you are actually on this show. And this is a touchy question for you, but I want, I'm glad that it, that it came out. Good. That is so good (laughs) because I want to go ahead and put this out there. You're actually the first non-person of color that I've had on the show. Yay. So thank you for, for doing that. And it's not because, you know, I I don't want to, it's just, I don't know why. Right. I mean, and I hope that you won't be the last and I hope that you won't, you know, that you'll come back. Right. Absolutely. A great question. You know, the question basically is talking about the fact that for the first time in history, um, you know, Miss America, Miss USA, Miss Teen USA, Mm -hmm. Miss Universe, you know, they're all black women. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know, that's not just a good thing for women of color. I actually believe that that's proven that that's, um, that it's a great time for all women. Oh, absolutely. Right. So with that being said, what do you think for women like us who are out here trying to uplift women and, you know, we're trying to uplift and be role models for little girls, what do you think is the most important thing that we should, we should be teaching little girls today? What do you think that is? Mm. Hands down confidence. Mm. There's no doubt in my mind that, that that is what it took for those women to overcome everything that was laid in their path. Yes. I, I, I know that, that there are advantages to different ethnicities, to different um, sexes, to different sexual orientation and there's there there are cards that are stacked against other people in a way that's not fair right and for anyone to be able to come up in any capacity no matter where they are in the world i think it takes courage and courage comes from confidence of knowing who you are committing to that and saying no matter what the world says i'm still gonna be me yeah Especially as women who were told growing up, especially, you know, in the United States, I think all over the world of you can't be like that because that is not acceptable. You have to be a certain way. And if you're this way, then you're accepted. And if you're too much in this other direction or not enough in this direction, then you're not acceptable. Yeah. And we get triggered by that. And that makes us play small. Right. We start Mm -hmm. conforming. We start being quiet. We don't stand up for ourselves. And it, it it can it can be devastating to your to your confidence and to to your your self identity. Yeah. So, if you can help a child, male, female, no matter what ethnicity, to say, 
you are amazing as you are and you have God-given gifts, universal gifts, whatever you want, source gifts, whatever you want to call it, that you're here to share with the world and be proud of that and share it no matter what happens. Like, you know, I think that the world would be a better place if people weren't in that loving confidence. And it's not that confidence of egotistical maniac, I'm going to put you down and I'm going to win, right? Right. It's this confidence, this love confidence of I'm here to do something great and it's going to positively impact people and I'm going to, you know, help raise people up, not put them down. Um, I agree. That's great. And I think it goes back to what you were saying with the other question of, you know, just figuring out the life that you want mm-hmm. and you have to be confident when you figure it out, you have to be confident in order to stand in it. Yeah. And that's what we need to help girls do is understand that they can live a life of impact and it doesn't have to be a certain way. And that's what I love about entrepreneurship and, and the acceptance of entrepreneurship. That's that, you know, it's easier. I think it's easier today to become an entrepreneur than it ever was before. Now at the same time, that means that more people are feeling and things like that, but it's a good thing because people are taking the chance at least, whereas they didn't before. I mean, and we know we've heard those conversations. Our parents or friends have been like, well, why don't you just get a job? Exactly. <laughs> You're like, that's like the worst thing you could tell me. <laughs> um, it's, it's, we're in a place and time where there's so much more possible for these young women that are coming of age. Um, technology, infrastructure, support mechanisms. And again, there's never enough, but at least there's more than there was. And as we continue to enrich these young girls' lives and to show them the opportunity and show them, you know, what it is to be accepting wherever you are in life, then they can help other people achieve more too and still achieve more, right? It's that abundance mindset versus there's only a finite amount of success in life. No, there's enough for everybody. And if you take it from that perspective, then there's always a place for you to win. Absolutely. Wow. Great answer, Kat. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's see what we get next. <laughs> oh, you are rocking. I didn't doubt that you would. Not for a moment. Oh, I'm bringing it. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is a good one. Girl, I need your help with this one. <laughs> okay. So has pursuing your business goals negatively or positively affected your relationship, marriage, or dating life? I don't know. I didn't ask you beforehand. And what advice do you have for women on effectively balancing, you know, the whole Mm. love life and business? Yeah. So it comes down to money, really. I think that so money, it's it's been studied, is, is one of the biggest stressors and triggers for marriage. Absolutely. When there's not enough of it, you know, fights start breaking out. <laughs> you start nitpicking on things. And it's not to say that you wouldn't do that with money, but it seems that you, and I, I've done this knowing growing up, that you yeah. tend to attack the people you love just because yeah. you're feeling comfortable. And so you just kind of redirect that frustration towards them. And it's not fair. And I've done it. I'll admit it. I'm not above it. But I try to recognize it. And, um, the one thing that I knew that I never wanted to do was have a negative effect on my children based off of my own stresses. You know, we've all observed things in life and, and from our parents or other people and say, you know, and we've told ourselves, that's not how I want to show up. And so you make these promises to yourself of this is the kind of person I want to be. And as best as you can, 
you do that for your kids. Yeah. To try to either break cycles that were handed down to you or to create new ones and new opportunities. So I think one of the biggest things that helps with that, especially, so my husband's an entrepreneur and I'm an entrepreneur. So it's a double whammy. Now it's also really great because I never really have to ask permission for anything. So it's more of a, hey, I need to make this investment. You know, it's $20,000 and this is how I think it's going to benefit me. And it's more of a discussion. It's not a permission-based conversation. And that goes both ways. Um, And so there's a really, really loving support there from that regard of, okay, this is what you need. I know you'll make it happen. And every year it gets better. And we kind of went into entrepreneurship basically at the same time. So that was even crazier. I do not recommend that (laughs) for anyone. But what we did was we put in certain measures. So I had a part-time job for a while. So instead of doing 100% entrepreneurship, I went down 50% to 50% in my job and did entrepreneurship to subsidize the difference. Smart. So, right. So I had a, a leeway to be able to have like a little bit of a safety net. And when I was in a place where that part-time job was costing me more money than what I could make in my business, then what happened was, is I let go. I, you know, I, I, I quit that job and finally went in full time in my business. And then I had my best quarter yet. And then subsequently every single quarter after that. And so that's what I meant. It was costing me more money to work there because I could earn more in my business. Um, But there's no one right way. Like everyone talks about, you got to go in you got to burn your ships. You got to do kind of like the, the Trojan horse kind of situation um, where, you know, or it's not the right example, but they burned all their ships and (laughs) stuff, but you don't have to do it that way. That's actually not very intelligent for the most part. Some people are motivated by that and you hear these stories, but there's no right way. So you need to build a process. You need to build a plan of how am I going to transition? Just like anything in life, you know, going from, you know, high school to college, you created a plan. You just, you knew that you had to do certain steps in order to succeed. And then you transitioned, you started working on your SATs, you started working on your college essays, you pre-did things to get to where you wanted to be. And the same thing when you transitioned out of college life into real, into the real life, into the real world, or even if you went from high school into the real world, right? There's, there was a transitionary period. And so understand that that time, it's a little bit tumultuous, right? That it's not steady. It's not calm waters. <laughs> Things happen and you just have to have those life preservers in place in case you get thrown off the ship. Yeah. Um, and, and it really comes down to communication and conversation. Um, and, and being willing to, to have the money talks and to, to look at things and then also recognize how are you showing up because of the stresses and being really mindful of your behavior and seeing how it can impact others because we're not in an individualistic society where, you know, I'm in my own world. How I show up impacts other people, whether it's positive or negative. And I'm one of those people that if I'm pissed off, I'm telling you, like everybody in a five mile radius can feel it. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) So I try not to have that negative impact, but instead be conscious of it and go, cool, you know, today I'm having an off day, so I'm just going to (laughs) chill and I'm just going to, you know, do what I need to do, but not engage with other people, but then come out from it and be like, Hey, I'm human too. Well, let me ask you this really quickly Mm because I know I'm I'm, I'm throwing in an extra question. Oh, I'm game. (laughs) So do you think that it would be easy dating if you were single as an entrepreneur, because I'm telling you that it's hard, but I'm, I'm, I just wanted to get it. It probably is harder, but then you're going to find the right person. When you find the right person, then that's going to probably be a keeper. 
And I actually asked this of my husband a couple of days ago, and he hates these questions of, what did you think of me when you first met? You know, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why guys hate those questions, but women love them. I want to know. And I asked him that exact question, actually, of like, you know, what was, what did you, what was attractive about me when you first met? Other than, you know, that I was smoking hot, Um, (laughs) still smoking hot, just maybe a couple pounds heavier. I had three kids. I've got it right. right. (laughs) And he said, unwilling, like first begrudgingly, but then he finally said it. He said, (laughs) your confidence. Yeah. And he said, you just were so confident about who you were and what you were going to do. And even if you didn't have the clarity, you just knew you were going to do something bigger. And that was very attractive. And I think that the right man for a woman and vice versa, again, comes down to confidence is very attractive. Um, No one really wants to be with that subservient female who just, you know, cowtails to everything that the man does. I mean, I was never going to be a trophy wife. Right? I mean, he's my arm candy. Like, <laughs> not me being the arm candy. Um, and that's okay. But you got to know yourself. And you got to know your standards. And you got to know your value and your worth. And when you know those things, the men who are willing to step up and be by your side, they'll, they'll float to the top. And they'll stand out. I love it. All right. <laughs> so be a badass. <laughs> Hey, listen, bosses, bosses only over here. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, men are attracted to confident women more than like Disney likes to make us think they are. <laughs> yeah. So always be you because at the end of the day, if you aren't yourself, whether it's in business or your personal life, you're just lying. And then you're not going to attract the right clients and you're not going to attract the right mate because you're being not who you are. And on an energetic level, you're, you're, you're attracting that, right? So if you're denying your core components of, if you're a super confident woman and you're trying to like mute that a little bit so that men won't be intimidated, you're not doing yourself any favors. Cause then the man who's looking for that super confident woman, he's not going to be able to find you. And I think for me also, you know, as a, cause you know, I'm, I'm a minister. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely know that I have to have that balance mm-hmm. because I am a strong woman, but I also believe, you know, that I want a, well, not that I believe, I know that I do want a man who can lead. Mm-hmm. So my man has to be confident as well because mm-hmm. I believe, you know, that the man has to lead his household, mm-hmm. but it has to be a balance in that. Yeah. Because I know that if I, if I pretend that I'm not a strong woman and that I'm not a leader, it's going to come out. Yep. I mean, because that's just who I am. So we both have to be upfront about that in the beginning. And so, you know, I can't have a weak man because mm-hmm. if my man is weak, then I'm, yeah. I, I'm strong. So it's, we're just not going to, it's not going to work. It's just the compliments of right. how are you complimentary, complimentary, I, that's not another word, but how do you compliment each other as it comes to strengths? And it's not about the alpha versus beta, right? right? Like, it's just, I knew as a strong female that I needed a man with a lot of patience. <laughs> and a lot of strength. He a lot, yeah. yeah. And, and it's a different kind of strength. It's a silent strength. It's someone who's, you know, who understands my past issues and has the patience to let me be me. And then when I need him to step up, he steps up. And when he needs me to step up, I step up. And it's just that balance that you find over time. It's that rhythm. Um, You know, there's that movie, Happy Feet. I don't know why I just thought of this. (laughs) But, you know, in the movie, it talks about 
you know, one penguin matching another penguin in terms of song, right? And there's a beat, there's a, there's a rhythm and you've got to find your penguin that has that beat, that has that rhythm that you follow that complements you. And a good analogy. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be the same kind of music, right? It can complement each other. They can make more together than they do separately, or it can be the exact same rhythm. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's do you do better together than you do separately? I love that. Hey, (laughs) this is what this is all about. All right. So this is our last question that I'm pulling out. So I know it's going to be a great one. They're all great, Kat. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. Oh, yes, this is great. So this is something that um, the listeners definitely need to know in order for them to become savvy moguls, right? Mm -hmm. So how can one begin to build a sustainable platform and what steps must they take to maintain it and Mm -hmm. to, you know, to grow their platform once they start making that, you know, making it, making it grow? Yeah. So one of the number one strategies that I don't see people do is being consistently visible. Mm. So yes, visibility is important and consistency is important, but you need to be consistently visible. And when you're consistently visible, you're doing some, you're doing some key components, which is you're talking about your clients, especially when we're talking about entrepreneurship, you're talking about your client's pain points. You've got to know your clients. A lot of people are like, oh, I do a client, the avatar, and they'd spend 10 minutes and they move on. But it's really important to know your client inside and out because you want to be able to post things. So there's three levels of conversations that people have in life. They are, you know, it's what you say to strangers of how are you doing? I'm good and you, and you just kind of keep going, right? It's very, you know, superficial, very high level. Mm-hmm. Then there's the conversation you're having with your friends of, oh, I can't believe, you know, he did this, or I can't believe this client did that. I can't believe, you know, I'm dealing with this thing. And it, it, it's kind of that friend's advice. And then there's the conversation you're having in your head right? that you don't want other people to find out <laughs> or you, maybe there's one friend you trust in, but there's those conversations you're having in your head. And when you as a, as a coach, consultant, whatever, you know, service provider, whatever it is that you do can communicate the conversation that people are having in their head, mm. that's when you've got them. When you know them at that level, then they can't deny that you're the person that can help them solve their problem. You're not talking about the thing that's at the ego, right? And yeah, you can talk about that to get to the heart, but you've also got to talk about that. You know what? I know your fear. It's that thing that keeps you up at three o'clock in the morning and here it is. And when you can talk about that, you can talk to them about how to solve it and you can talk about how to support them. Then when they become aware that they have a problem, that they have a solution that they're looking for, and they start looking for a product, because those are the three phases that people go through in terms of solving a problem. They, you know, they realize that they have a problem, they realize they need a solution, and then they start looking for that solution, they become product aware. Then they'll start looking at you, because you've been consistently in front of them saying, this is what I do, this is what I help people solve. And then again, this is what I do, this is what I help people solve. Then they're only going to be able to look at you as someone that they'll want to invest in. And it won't matter what you charge in terms of price point because they will get resourceful mm-hmm. because everybody would rather have it done right the first time than having to pay multiple people for the same solution over and over again and not have it actually work. I love that. So give us an example. Like, Can you give us an example of that or what that looks like for a particular industry? Or- sure. 
So for, you know, coaching, I mean, talk about an industry that's saturated. <laughs> Everybody is a coach. Everybody. Um, and so, you know, how is it that I set myself apart from all of these other coaches who do what I do? Right. I, ba- I basically help you make more money, right? Great. Everybody does that. Whoop-de-doo. <laughs> <laughs> so my angle is, is that I help you generate more leads. Okay. I help you generate more leads organically. So I'm starting to niche down, get very specific. So I work with parents who want to make more money faster, who want to generate more leads because they have some capacity of selling. Now they may need to tweak the process a little bit, but they understand and they've sold, you know, some of their products before their services, but they want to do it faster. And really what it comes down to is, you know, that's all ego, like superficial levels of, I hope you make more money. I hope you get more leads. I hope you do it faster. Right. That's just, that's what you're thinking about in your head. When you start having the conversation with them of being like, look, what's the reason you want to have more money and have more impact? It's because you want your children to have the love and support and to have a parental figure that was there for them. Because when you're there as a parent for your child, you know that they're going to show up as a different human being, that they're going to put more love out into the world. And so that's that heart, that, that connectivity. And no one's talking about that. Right. Why are you really here to do what you're doing and have that lead? So what do I talk to them about? I talk to them about, you know, how would it be if you could have your child's trust fund? Like trust fund? What? (laughs) (laughs) Paid. You don't have to worry about sending them to college because you've got that covered. You can go and take that luxury vacation that you've been wanting to. We know you've been wanting to do it, right? And you can even have a nanny come with you so that you could have some time off with your husband what are the things that are, that are motivating you that, that are your impact and talking about those things, um, talking about claiming clients. I've been starting to talk about that lately. If people don't understand that they can claim a client, it takes a whole different level of confidence to be able to go out and say, you're going to be a client. You're going to buy from me. Not in a way of you need to give me your money, but we need to work together. This is, I have been called to, to support you. And being able to go out there and then be receptive to clients claiming you. That's that next level. And how do you evolve into those different stages? How do you do this faster? All those little pain points, those things that they're thinking about at three o'clock in the morning, you think about it, connect to it very fast. What are the things that are keeping your clients up and they're freaking out about at three o'clock in the morning? And then start breaking that down into the little pieces that add up to it so that they start feeling like, man, she gets me, he gets me. And a lot of people keep up this Facebook facade, right, of this perfectionism and this um, altered reality of how things are, Instagrammable pictures, right? No one, no one cares about that. We, people <laughs> need to see the real you. Right. And it's, hey, today I am put makeup on, <laughs> but I still went live, right? It's the, uh, I just had a kid and they're spit up on my shirt and I didn't have time to change my shirt. You know what? It's not even that I didn't have time. I didn't care enough today. <laughs> but that's not every day that you're showing up that way because then that's not attractive either, but it's being willing to be vulnerable. And that is hard because we got hurt when we were vulnerable, right? We had people pick on us. We had people tell us mean things that stuck with us. We got traumatized. So why would we put ourselves in a situation where we voluntarily became vulnerable? Because that's not safe. But here's the thing. When you can do that and lead by example, then other people will follow suit. 
I love it. That was amazing. Thanks. And you just got to decide what's personal and what's private, right? Like Oprah, she'll talk about her private personal relationship with, with Gail, right? But she won't talk about her relationship with her husband. No way, no how. Stedman is off limits. If you talk about him, interview over, (laughs) right? And that's private, Mm -hmm. but she'll talk about personal things. And that's what you need to look at is where's that line between personal and private. I don't often post pictures of my kids. I don't really talk about them because for me, that's personal. Every now and then I'll post something because I'm like, you know what? This is okay. This is cool. But I don't document every single tantrum. I don't document every single, you know, instance of them misbehaving or anything like that. Um, But I'm willing to show people that I'm a mom. I'm a mom of three, right? Right. My kids are five, three, and 10 months old. Yeah. And I'm willing to show them that I have three kids. I'm busy like crazy, but I'm still running a business. Yeah. And a successful one. And so I want to show and lead by example that if I can do it, yes, you can. Absolutely. Yeah, I talk about my boys a lot, but I don't post pictures and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Because I feel like that's kind of an uh, invasion of their privacy. Right, right. Yeah. But if that's what you decide to do with your kids, fine. But understand that there's repercussions, um, you know, that some people won't go with that. Then that's what you're putting out there. And again, what you're putting out there in terms of how you show up consistently is what's going to attract your ideal clients. So if you're not attracting the ideal clients that you want, the clients who pay you in full, if you're stealing here, if you're hearing no all the time on your sales calls, it's because of how you're showing up. It's not because of them. What are you saying to attract those people? How are you being to attract those people? We are a mirror. We attract what we put out. So before you start blaming everybody else for the lack of results in your business, you look at yourself first. That's what any good manager does. That's what any good entrepreneur does. How am I contributing to the situation that I am in right now? And then decide to make a change. Yes. That was a great question. (laughs) You know, uh, thank you. Amazing. Thank you. Okay, so the final question, Kat, is what is next for you and your business and how can the listeners connect with you? I'm sure they're going to want to. <laughs> well, next for me is I practice what I preach, right? That's also something that's really important is, is when you decide to, to buy from someone or invest in someone and they're teaching a certain strategy or they're doing certain things, are they following their own advice? Because a lot of times, a lot of these gurus out there are teaching things that they don't do. And so that's where the buyer beware is do your research before you invest in someone and make sure that you align to their values and that you see that they're doing what they're, pre- they're, pre- they're preaching, right? And so I'm doing what I'm preaching, which is I'm still boosting my visibility. For me, this year is all about speaking and getting in front of more people so that I can increase my impact. And if people want to get in touch with me, I've got actually um, a gift that I'd like to share. It's my crash course on how to boost your revenues real fast. Um, it's the easy money laying around in your business right now. And um, they can find that at actionincubator.com forward slash F-A-R, FAR, Fast Action Revenue. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Well, Kat, thank you so much for being on the show. You have given so much awesome information. You've been so helpful. Man, I'm I'm just, I'm speechless. Amazing. (laughs) I love it. And anytime you want to have me back, I'm more than happy to share more. Absolutely. And thank you. I was actually on your show recently. So this Mm. has been amazing. So I definitely would love to have you back. So we'll definitely talk about that. 
And thank you so much for being on the She's About Business show. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. The She's About Business show is directed and hosted by Daithia Garns, digital editing by Will Rice at Pro Voice Gas Studios, and copyright by She's About Business Inc. Thanks so much for listening to the She's About Business show. Don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. Also, if you think I'm doing a great job or you enjoy an episode, leave a review, rating, or comment. I love to hear from you. And don't forget to visit She'sAboutBusiness.com for amazing blog articles, events, and services. Love you guys. Let's be about business.